The Office was uh, the off- I started watching The Office when I was in high school, um, mm-hmm. and I w- I watched it uh, with my brother, and we watched it when it was actually on. So we watched. I think it was on every Thursday, and we watched it every day. We watched it every week, um, and it was kind of a. It was it was important to me. It was funny. I thought it was you know it made me laugh out loud, and not a lot of shows are able to do that. Like I find shows funny that that don't necessarily make me laugh out loud but like the office was one of those shows that like would just i would cackle in in some cases Mm -hmm. and so i watched it when it was live and then when the pandemic hit and you know when things got you know when i'm in kind of down in the dumps the office is there to kind of cheer me up and make me forget those things and i know that kind of sounds cliche in some cases but uh, it's true for me. I, I love that show and it's always been there. And I find that uh, I feel like I'm not alone on that. Mm-hmm. And that's why The oh, Office God, has yeah. such a loyal fan base. And like a resurgence when streaming, when it showed up on Netflix. like Most everybody streamed was show in 2020, again. I believe. Which makes sense given the fact that the state of the world at that point, right? Mm. Um, you know, The Office. New Girl is another one of my favorite shows. But. The Office has always kind of been there, and to to prepare for this, I didn't rewatch the entire series. I don't need to. I've wa- rewatched that series probably. I, I can't count it on two hands how many times I've seen the mm-hmm. series. But uh, for me, it I watched up until I think I'm on season five. So I watched okay. right from the beginning, and I binged it whenever I had a spare moment, like on my lunch breaks at work, I'd watch it, and I got up to just after the. Uh, everybody's favorite episode, which is the stress relief episode. That oh, one. okay. Yeah. I just watched the, that two-part episode today. Yeah, oh, really? that's today. incredible. Today, that's wow. incredible. Yeah, yeah, wow. that's everybody's favorite. So, like, mm. you, you see, you ask any Office fan, they go, "Stress relief, stress relief, part one and part two are my favorite episodes." Pretty um, sure that is the episode that they released right after the Super Bowl. I remember reading up on it that they they needed a big opening because uh, they were coming on right after the Super Bowl that year, and I believe that because that's the opening with uh, I just watched it. It's with the with the fire the test. fire, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow, I didn't well, know it. that. I, I don't quote me on that, but I'm pretty sure I listened to a podcast and I, I did a little bit of research. I'm pretty sure this is the episode. It was after the um, Steelers Cardinals Super Bowl, I believe, in 2009, oh. and that would line up with season. four. Five, I think. Anyways, no, I think you're right. I fact check, right. that, that checks out. Um, well, yeah, thanks for sharing. I didn't know that. So, what I want to do quickly, Cam, I, I, welcome to Raised on Film. Cam's back. I just we, we have so much to talk about, and I don't want to waste time on this. Cam, <laughs> yeah. you don't even have to say hi because you're going to be talking. Let's just get right into this. We're okay. talking Steve Carell. We're going to be all over the place. I apologize in advance, but there's so much to discuss. So, what I just to bounce off what you just said let me just give you my quick history on the office because it's like the polar opposite of you mm. i never watched it in school when it was live nothing i knew some friends that watched it i knew a lot of people that loved it i never had any hatred towards it but i just never watched it mm. and my good friend dylan taylor uh is a huge fan like yourself and he's been bugging me to watch it forever so i think it was a year to a year and a half ago i watched it for the first time beginning to end oh and I really enjoyed it. Yeah. And nice. this isn't like a full review of The Office, but I really enjoyed it. Like the, 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 the core, middle, 
like season two, I always say season two to season five, season six is like pure perfection. I think it's an unbelievable show. I would agree. And then it obviously teeters off and there's obvious reasons for that. Yeah. Um, but now I'm rewatching it. You know, once you told me, um, that we, that you want to do this, I'm like, okay, this will be fun to rewatch it a second time and, and see and make and pick up on some things and all that still holds up. I'm still loving it. Mm-hmm. So when you brought up Steve Carell, I'm like, interesting. I, I was excited right away. But then I'm like, wow, this could be really interesting. And I've already told you a couple of things that I want to talk about. I think it's very interesting, the career of Steve Carell, because he hit fame late. He's He was like four in his 40s. Like, obviously, yeah. he, he hit 2005 was his year because mm-hmm. 40 Old Virgin came out, Office Season 2, Little Miss Sunshine the year after. Like, 2005 was a big year for him. But he seems like a very humble guy. He has no ego. Mm-mm. There's a lot of... Uh, examples of that just within the office of him not leaving him continuing his original contract and I just think it'll be fun to talk about him for like an hour so basically what I you already answered what what would have been my first question so just to confirm it was the office your introduction to Steve Carell uh yes I believe so and then I remember watching 40 year old virgin Mm -hmm. um like dur- during the run of the office. Yep. Uh, and so, oh, sorry. Let me go back for a little bit. I watched the office live from like season five to when Michael. Oh, leaves. so not from the beginning. No, because okay. the, uh, like when it started to pick up, because I don't think it was on Canadian television right away. Oh, interesting. I didn't know that. So, I mean, I could be so wrong in saying that, but as far <laughs> as I know, I don't believe it became it showed up on Canadian television until maybe season three when it was actually taking off in the States. I mean, yeah, that, that okay. is an assumption. I can't say for sure, but I think that's when I started watching it was season three. Um, and then my brother got it on DVD. He bought the DVD copies of the seasons because mm-hmm. we love them so much. So then we would just rewatch. I, I've seen season three the most out of all of them because I think, I think that has some pretty solid episodes in it, but anyways, yeah. um, yeah, I didn't know that Steve Carell was in Forty Year Old Virgin because I I couldn't see it when it came out because I was too young. So okay, uh, I had to wait until it was on video on demand, and I think that was the first time I saw it. So I I saw, uh, I watched The Office first, and then I had seen Forty Year Old Virgin. I think a couple of years after it came out. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So yeah. So I like I already said I I wasn't watching The Office when it was on. Um, my introduction was actually Bruce Almighty. I remember, uh. <laughs> I remember seeing Bruce Almighty in the theater and I was a big Jim, I'm a huge Jim Carrey fan. Yeah. Uh, like Jim Carrey in his prime. Like he had a lot, a lot of great stuff, obviously growing up very yeah. big in the nineties. Oh yeah. But I remember walking away from Bruce Almighty saying that anchor that does the, like that whole, that whole sequence is phenomenal and he's great in it. And he's kind of Michael Scott. He's the total dick version of Michael Scott oh, 100%. in that movie. Yeah. And he he made an impact. And then Anchorman comes out. Mm. A lot of people love Brick. And he's a complete moron. <laughs> Another. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I don't even know if moron. I apologize. I don't know if moron's uh, allowed th- to be said. Well, mm, Anyways. They teeter the line. They teeter yes. the line. But I think he's just. You can say he's stupid. I'm pretty sure that's funny. Yes. And again, another form of Michael Scott. And yeah. I, there's a trend going here where you get all these pieces of Michael Scott 
Then you get 40-year-old version, which was the icing on the cake because the writers of The Office actually tailored the transition of Michael Scott from season one to season two because of the 40-year-old version. They made him a little more likable and maybe a little more dumb. Yeah. There's a great podcast, by the way, a little shout out to Kevin from The Office. Oh, he does yeah. a great or yeah. oral history of The Office. It's phenomenal. He's great. But they, they basically say 40-year-old version was a, played a huge part in The Office because it introduced everyone more so to Steve Carell on a big screen mm-hmm. and it just kind of helped the office blow up but it, it had a huge impact on changing because if you watch Michael Scott in season one he's really really cringy and not as likable true and then they then they just change him a little bit in season two and it works perfectly but anyways back to my introduction so that was my kind of journey with Steve Carell and then um uh, what? Uh, I I saw Little Miss Sunshine around when it came out. I I, I don't really remember, but yeah, not a huge fan. Oh, and no? then all these others. No, sorry, no. I love Little Miss Sunshine. Oh, okay. I mean, Steve Kraut, not a huge fan. Like I like him. He's funny. He's oh, good. Like he's just fine. Yes, at this point, but yeah. everyone keeps talking about The Office, and I still don't watch it. <laughs> and then this. So this is kind of where I want to start here with you. So. I have to reference my friend Andrew Dodd here, who's been on this podcast. Everyone knows him. Hello, Andrew Dodd. I love you. When Foxcatcher came out, Andrew mm. and I both saw it. Yeah. And he, he, Steve Carell was getting huge buzz for yeah. Foxcatcher. I remember that. And he ended up getting nominated for an Oscar, rightly mm-hmm. so. Like, he was really good in it. Mm-hmm. And I walked away. I said, oh, Steve Carell was really, really, really good in this movie. Like, a really good performance. And I'm comparing it to, like, Anchorman and 40-year-old Virgin, stuff like that. His comedy And I remember stuff. Andrew specifically telling me, and I, I, if I misquote you, Andrew, I apologize. I'm going to keep it vague. But he basically said he couldn't escape Michael Scott for him. Ooh. That he could still see a little bit of Michael Scott. There were a few scenes I think he liked, and he didn't hate the performance. He's but not he wrong. told me that, and I talked about this at length with him last time I saw him, where when a character, when an actor or actress plays a character so long, so many episodes mm-hmm. on TV, yeah. it does make it difficult for the because Andrew watched The Office I think when it was live, yeah, and he opened my eyes to it. Where I'm like, that's interesting. I've never actually thought about that. So now rewatching The Office and then watching Foxcatcher, I understand now what Dodd was saying. And I'm going to go a step further. I see a little bit of Michael Scott in his character in Foxcatcher. Yeah. So I was actually watching it a couple of days ago and Dodd, Dodd is absolutely right. Um, and I think uh, this is my theory. This is my theory. Okay. Okay. So when did Foxcatcher uh, Foxcatcher uh, come out? Was it 2013? 2014, I believe. It 20, was after oh, it was he was already done. 2013. Yeah, he right. was done. He was done. The Office at this point. Yeah. Um. So this is my theory, and I brought Karina into our office to show her this scene. Yeah. And it's I don't know if you remember it. I don't know how fresh fox catcher is for very you. fresh i just watched it um so you know the scene when uh john dupont and mark uh, i can't remember his name uh they're sitting and so channing tatum and steve carell are sitting opposite opposite each other in like a in like a small like i think it's john dupont's uh, office they're yep. kind of just like sitting next to each other and john dupont is telling channing tatum that he can live outside of his brother's shadow Right, he can live yep. outside his brother's shadow, um, who's played by uh, Mark Ruffalo. For those who don't know, 
and he's he uh Channing Tatum keeps calling John DuPont like Mr. DuPont or anything and then John DuPont says my friends call me Eagle or Golden Eagle yeah and I laughed out loud and I was like that is prime Michael Scott and I think I this is my theory so back to what I was saying about my theory I think they got Steve Carell because of how he played Michael Scott. So if you look at John DuPont's character in that film, he's very much like a Michael Scott character. This might be a hot take for some people, but for me, I agree. It, because if you watch the scenes that he has and he's like in awkward moments with his mother, especially when he's showing off in front of his mom, that he is, what's the word? I'm He's channeling Michael Scott so strong there. Yeah. Um, like how he's walking and how he kind of holds himself like physically, which is not wrong. It's not a terrible idea. It played really, really well. And mm-hmm. it's, it's that film specifically, cause I had only seen, uh, Steve Carell in, 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 in comedy, right? I hadn't seen the way, way back. I hadn't seen little miss sunshine before I mm-hmm. saw Foxcatcher and, I was blown away. I was so happy because I had been following Steve Carell's career for such a long time, just specifically with The Office and his comedy stuff, yep. that when I saw him in a serious role, I was so happy for him. And I was actually kind of disappointed that he didn't win Best uh, best Actor for that. At the same time, though, uh, he lost out to Eddie Redmayne in The Theory of Everything, so it's kind of like not a bad thing. It was thing. a competitive year that year, too. Yeah. Michael Keaton for Birdman. Yeah, right? Uh, yeah. Benedict Cumberbatch for Imitation Game. Like, it was a competitive year. But I yeah. I agree with you, and I'm glad I talked about that with Dodd and I rewatched Foxcatcher. Like, the seeking of approval for his uh, from his mother, yeah. Michael Scott. 100%. Um. And trying to impress everyone all the time, Michael Scott, like the scene yeah. when he's wrestling all of them in the after they win the first tournament or whatever, I forget what it was. Yeah. And he starts awkwardly wrestling all of them and trying yeah. to pull the one guy down. I'm like, yeah. that's that's Michael Scott. It it, you're you're eliminating all the comedic, heartfelt moments from Michael Scott, and you're just left with the cringe, doesn't really know his place, socially yeah. awkward, mm-hmm. and. Yeah, I, I I'm I'm so glad you agree because I'm in this I'm that was me watching Foxcatcher this time like it's interesting it's a good performance, uh-huh. but I understand what Dodd said eight nine years ago whatever it was now like I totally get it because I didn't have the reference with The Office it's the same thing with Chris Pratt I never watched Parks and Rec I saw Guardians and all the movies he's done I'm like oh he's really good I like him and everyone's like. I can't escape Andy. He's Andy from Parks and Rec. Yeah. I go back and watch Parks and Recreation. I'm like, oh, I get it now. Yeah. I get and, it. I get it. I get the it. The thing is, is though, that's an audience problem, I think, in, in, mm. in my opinion, because you should be able to separate the two. But I think most – this is this is also a hot take if there's any uh, fellow actors that listen to this. Yeah. But – the best type of acting is acting that's grounded. And what a lot of people, a lot of actors do is put a little bit of themselves into roles to make the character grounded and to make the character somewhat empathetic. Right. So Mm. there's little bits and pieces. I, I believe just by watching Steve Carell that there's, and watching him in interviews and how, how like humble and stuff he is and, and how he seems like just such a great guy is, 
there's a little there's little bits and pieces of him in each character that he does even michael scott and michael scott is one of those characters that is so out there right that but there's a reason why he's empathetic and it's because of steve carell's performance because for Mm -hmm. me like yes there is that oh well there's michael scott and you can see michael scott in a lot of the roles that he does but at the same time it's i feel like that's a key part of steve carell and and how he kind of presents himself if that makes sense so yeah for sure it makes sense and and same with like chris pratt right you watch chris pratt and he's kind of like i mean he's a good actor i'll I'll say he's 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 very he's very gifted but he there's little bits and pieces of him and that's why people can't see them you know quote unquote can't see them as anything else um but if if we want to talk about how steve carell was was able to pull that off having such an iconic uh character in the office and then moving it into film i think he did a great job because he was very particular with the roles that he was choosing for sure right like 40 year old virgin kind of brought him to the to the limelight he was definitely out in the open but even like uh like uh, little miss sunshine was probably the one that people started to recognize him as a serious actor because there's no there's maybe a little bit of michael scott in his character in little miss sunshine but it's barely any yeah. Like because his his he's playing like a suicidal character, very dark. And yeah. there's so many great moments in that film with him where it's just raw and grounded performance. And I think that, you know, that's just kind of the the genius of of uh, of Steve Carell. He's able to portray these characters in a very empathetic way. I I totally agree everything you said, and that's what I wanted to get into with the acting. And I think too, just to, to piggyback off what you said. A lot of Hollywood actors don't have TV shows. They're just doing movies. Correct. And that's why I think the Steve Carell thing, and again, the other example being Chris Pratt, that the two that I can think of, and obviously Parks and Rec and The Office are the same writers. But it's just interesting because, uh, like, it's tough. Like, he did so many episodes of The Office. So many. People are watching him all the time. Mm-hmm. And then you go to a movie. And I think it's so impressive, even though we still do see little bits that that's okay mm-hmm. it's just i wonder i just find it fascinating like because this was back in the day when big actors didn't do tv and and then kind of the breaking bad and the sopranos and and, and like the, the the new golden age of tv whatever it was when it became cool like matthew mcconaughey mm-hmm. is another great example and i just think steve carell did it such a good way and you nailed it on the head the roles he picked brian cranston did the same thing with breaking bad yeah it's not about what you it, i mean you can do as many movies as you want but it's the picking the right ones and we're going to go through some of them that he did during the office and then what he did after mm-hmm. um little miss sunshine a great example just i i'd say probably the most outside of the of the office and um did you see that movie right away, and did you, were you able to rewatch it for for this? I rewatched it for this, but I no, I hadn't seen it when it first came out. I okay, was, I was late to that party because I was so like enamored by Steve Carell and his comedic ability, and his yeah. and his comedy is what really spoke to me. Like you watch the you watch Forty uh, Year Old Virgin, and you're just like, okay, yeah, he's very you know not relatable at the time, but when I watched it, I was a virgin and. <laughs> You know, I was like, yeah, I've said some pretty stupid stuff in, mm-hmm. in, yeah. in, in romantic situations. Yeah. So, you know, it was, it was somewhat relatable. I mean, I'm glad I'm not 40 while I was watching this, but yeah. 
Um, and yeah, so I never really knew. Well, to be honest, I didn't know that he was doing like serious stuff because my knowledge of film at that point when, you know, I was maybe in grade nine, maybe, yeah. uh, was pretty lackluster. I didn't okay. really, you know, have much of an, uh, an interest at that point. So then when, uh, in regards to breaking out and watching more stuff besides The Office, when did that happen? When he left the show? When The Office was done? No, actually, when Dan in Real Life came out. Oh, okay. Well, I think it's time to talk about Dan in Real Life then. Yeah, that's one of my favorites. Um, we, uh, I, I don't know what what it was about that movie, but it was very touching and, and very sweet. Very. And, um, I had seen it because I had thought they had marketed it like it was a comedy and it is it is a comedy but like a steve carell comedy so i was like okay this is right up my alley and then i would watch it and because i remember in the uh in the trailer there was a scene where like he gets pulled over he gets pulled over like three times in that movie and that's one of the bits yeah he pulled he gets pulled over and uh i think this is like the third time he gets pulled over and in the trailer he they show that bit and he's looking at the cop and he goes put it on my tab Put it on my tab. <laughs> yeah, and Just then the cop put it on my like, tab. pardon me? Just put it on my tab. And I'm yeah. like, okay, that's Michael Scott. So I was like, okay, great. It's going to be Steve Carell in a film, and he's going to be silly, and it's going to be funny. And and in some parts it is. Like when he's dancing with Emily Blunt, that part is 100% very, you know, Steve Carell dancing, and, yeah. and he dances like that all the time. But then there's very heartfelt moments with scenes with the, with the actors that play his daughters. Yeah. And, oh, man. Like, you know, there's that one scene when he's singing with Dane Cook. And... The, the guitar scene yeah. is is my favorite scene in that whole movie. It's so good. And it's so heartfelt. And it's just, it's one of those movies where it's a feel-good movie. It might not be the best movie in the world, but holy smokes, do I have a, I have a great time watching it when, well, can whenever I, I do. Can, can I make a confession? The reason I watched Dan in Real Life, and I don't know if this is a hot take or not, mm. I watched it because of Dane Cook, because I, I liked Dane Cook. <laughs> Wow, you must have been really disappointed then. Yeah, well, no, I know he's not a great actor, but I'm not a huge. I'm not. He's fine yeah. in the movie. He's fine. Yeah, I'm not it. huge into stand-up com- comedy, and this isn't. I'm. I'm not one to t- talk about it. But when he yeah. was big, I enjoyed it. I thought yeah. some of his stuff was fun. He did Mr. Brooks. He did Employee of the Month. He did. A, he did a run of these a couple movies. Yeah. Um, when he was popular, my like, God, oh, they're fine. Whatever. But I remember seeing the advertisement for him and Steve Carell, and that's about okay. And I've watched it a handful of times. I love it. Yeah. It, it almost falls in that. Like, it basically is a romantic comedy, but it really leans into the dramatic moments. Yeah. But I love family atmospheric movies. I love going to how it's like a play almost. Mm-hmm. But you fall in love with Steve Carell. He's so likable. He is. And yeah. the whole. <laughs> He's like, so the good. Pl- Basically, for anyone that hasn't seen it, Dan in real life, the plot is basically a widow is with his three daughters. It's just like Full House. He's basically Bob Saget. And he's got three daughters, and he goes to his uh, parents' house for a family vacation, and he meets a girl at a at a, a bookshop, and he gets has a crush on her. It turns out that oh god, uh, his brother is dating her, and she goes to the house, and it's just the awkward uh, dealing with this situation where he has a crush on his on his brother's new girlfriend, and it's great. All the characters are good. Amy Ryan, who plays Holly is in it as well which yeah, is great is. but yeah they don't have any scenes together or no. they, 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 they have, have one interaction together, they, they i think yeah they don't really interact but um great 
great. Like we'll do our ranking at the end, but one of my favorite, like Steve Carell is just so good. You root for him. He makes bad decisions, but you understand and you forgive him. And it's like, this would be a shitty situation to be in. And he wants to just, he he wants to do the right thing. And that's, that's the MO of Michael Scott is, and that's why he gets away with so much stuff in that show is that he does. Yeah. His heart is somewhere in the right place. He like with um, what's his name, Oscar, with all the gay, uh, with all the the gay yeah. stuff. It's like he wants to be, he wants him to be equal. Mm-hmm. He wants to make fun of him like everyone else, and he doesn't. He doesn't know how to put the words in the right order to say the right thing. But no. he's trying. Yeah. But it just comes off so bad. But that's why he gets away with so much of the stuff, and a lot of that translates to Dan in real life, where it's like, oh, you're an asshole. But I get it. <laughs> yeah. Well, the yeah. thing with Michael Scott is that this is my theory with Michael Scott because I would I would firmly agree that you could not make that show today. And there's no, nothing, no, no, no. There's nothing wrong with that. I I yeah. agree because of things have changed, right? Hundred yeah. percent. Um, but the reason why Michael gets away with that is because he's the butt of the joke. Yeah. Like he, everybody looks at him. Even Dwight, in some cases, is like, Michael, you're out of line. Like, what are you doing? Like, mm-hmm. you, you know. So, but you know, that's. Yeah whatever you can't really uh in my opinion i i don't think you could make it today but it's something that we could always look back on and with so with that's interesting then let's let's piggyback on that thing cam so you're rewatching it obviously now you watched it back in the day when it was live yeah what how, how do you watch it now are, are you laughing just as much now as you were then yeah yeah okay. but at this uh, i'm laughing for different reasons so okay. like when i was a kid and you know stupid ignorant little kid yeah yeah the gay jokes were funny right like you know but now that i'm an adult and you know i am you know i look at things in a different lens i go Mm -hmm. okay well this maybe this doesn't really fly today that kind of crosses a little bit of a line um but the thing is the reason why i still laugh at it is because michael scott is an idiot and you know you have characters like jim pam uh, that kind of bring him down a notch. And even Jan, in some cases, you know, mm-hmm. is like, Michael, what are you doing? Like, yeah. you know, there's there's the one episode in season three, the the opener of season three, when it kind of forces Oscar out of the closet and oh, forces him God. to come out. And that is one of my favorite episodes. <laughs> the gay witch because, hunt. Yeah. And it's one of my favorite episodes, mainly because Michael is just such a moron and just says su- and says the stupidest things but like you say i think they they wrote it like this and and originally um i think ricky gervais said this in in america sorry in the uk this i don't know this isn't verbatim but he said in the uk you could have your job and you could have a job and be terrible at it and not get fired right but in america if you're terrible at your job you'll get fired so they needed to have moments where michael was good at his job yeah. So when he does stupid stuff, it, it you're like, oh, okay, but he's still a good salesperson, mm-hmm. so we'll we'll let him have it. But just some of the stuff he does is just, oh boy. Yeah, like, oh, the, and you brought out like the, the the gay witch hunt is is one of my favorite episode, episodes too. Yeah. And again, why this all works, like he eventually gets to the point where he kisses Oscar in front of everyone, which it's very is cringy. like that's terrible. Like it's that's, terrible. Yeah. It's absolutely terrible, a hundred percent. But like I said, at the end of the day, Michael's point of doing this is to say that he's okay with this. <laughs> yeah. It's he, bad. It's so bad. It's bad. It's so bad. <laughs> 
But that's what makes it work. That's why, again, I, I, I'll admit, I don't think there's any shame in laughing at that because yeah. it is ridiculous. funny. Yeah. It's cringy for sure. Yeah. It's cringe comedy, but I'm like, that is, that is, that is Michael's goal. He wants everyone like when they're watching gay porn in the, in the <laughs> office, it's like, he goes up to the screen. He's like, I'm okay with this. This is okay. And it's like, that's so bad on so many levels, but yeah. He's his trying is, in his own yeah, weird his way. Yeah, his heart is in the right spot, but he's yes, just... it's just so it's bad. It's like, so bad. The sexual harassment episode, I couldn't oh. stop laughing. It was, And then they just did the Women's Appreciation episode. I think that was season four. Um, or no, that was season three as well because... Yeah, season uh, three because uh, Jim is with uh, Yeah, she's still yeah. there. So cringy. When he brings all... He's like, Jim's just like... Um, are you sure you're qualified to, to lead this woman's appreciate? Of course I'm qualified. I've had I sex with women. <laughs> I've came out of a woman. I don't know. I came James. out of a woman. Yeah. yeah that, it's one of it's my so favorites. bad. Yeah. It's and so then, bad. But again, he, what's his goal in that scene? He wants women to know that he appreciates them and that they're yeah, equal, yeah. but he goes about it the completely opposite way he should be going about it. He brings them to Victoria's secret and he's just like, oh I'll buy God. you one item. <laughs> yeah. secret. And then he's sitting with Angela and he's like, I could buy you some nice panties or a padded bra. Yeah. Nice padded bra. (laughs) I would love to buy you a fresh pair of underwear. Like, (laughs) it's so good. It's so good. But yeah, like, I don't know. I, I, I understand if people were offended by it. I get it. Um, and I, we hear them out, but you know, it's just one of those things where people still watch it. Right. And it's about that conversation if we really want to get into it. That's what it boils down to. Yeah. It's like, why do you find this funny? Oh, because Michael's an idiot. Versus, oh, because, you know, gay people are funny. Like, that's not, that's exactly. not how you're supposed to look at it. And, right? like, look at us just talking about it for four or five minutes, whatever it was. Everything we were joking about was either something Michael said or something Michael did. Yeah. We're not laughing yeah. at what actually – we're not laughing at women. We're not saying anything. We know mm-hmm. women are equals and we should appreciate them and all that stuff. All the stuff he's saying doesn't make any sense. That's why it's funny. Yeah. And that's he's... why the design of the show is so good because all the other characters – Jim's the best at it. They can look at the camera. And <laughs> yeah, they, they can react to it, yeah. Jim is basically our – I don't our confirmation that yes, like he'll you'll look at him and he'll look at the camera and like yes, what's happening is is terrible. What's mm. happening is weird. What's happening yeah. is not right. And that's the constant reminder while you're watching this. It's like like even in that woman's appreciation episode. At one point, he when he's talking about, he's like, I, uh, Pam, you can dress with more cleavage, and I'm fine <laughs> with that. And it cuts to Pam looking at the camera. And it's like, yes, this is yeah. this is not right. Pam should be able to show more cleavage. I encourage yeah. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then Karen's like, what you're saying is misogynistic. Uh, uh, no, he said, what you're saying is extremely sexist. And then Michael no, goes, no, 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 it's, it's misogynistic. misogynistic. <laughs> <laughs> it's different. It, it's just, it's so good. Yeah. 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 Just it, iconic lines. Iconic yes. lines. So <laughs> in regards to The Office and him leaving in season seven, what are your thoughts? Do you think he made the right call? Like, obviously, The Office did suffer a little bit, but uh, do think... you stand by and think he made the right call? I do. Um, yeah. I think I really my my true opinion on that is they should have ended with Michael, hundred percent, right? That is a perfect send off. But I don't. Uh, there, the, I think the issue that comes with Michael leaving was not all the episodes because I've seen the entire series. Yeah, but. When Michael leaves, 
um, you notice that a lot of the writing becomes a, a little bit repetitive. There's yeah. a there's a moment where and when Andy is the regional manager, and they're recycling a bit that I can't remember what episode it is. I don't know the last two seasons very well, but there's yeah. a, a bit where he that they re, they're reusing a bit that happened when Michael was manager. Mm-hmm. Um, it had to do something with David Wallace, I think. Uh, yeah. And you know, I was kind of like, okay, well. I guess they're at this point in the show. And then they, they, the thing is with American television, they tend to, you know, beat a dead horse a lot. Of course. Right. And I think they probably should have just ended it at season seven with, you know, Michael heading off to, to marry Holly. Right. And then, because then Michael gets his, his happily ever after. And that's essentially, essentially all you want. Cause Jim and Pam are already happy. You've got, uh, well, man, there was probably some, like, Angela and Dwight, I think, at season seven were still kind of, will they, won't they? Mm-hmm. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. I'd, I'd probably have to look at it again to get a for-sure answer. But I think Steve Carell did the right thing because he, he needed to kind of move on mm-hmm. from that. And I feel like he would have just gotten, what's the word I'm looking for? He would have just gotten, uh, I feel like he was scared that he was going to get, uh, I guess com- complacent, if that's the right word. You know, I agree. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So I'm. I, I'm not. I'll say I just watched it once. So I think universally, I think a lot of people don't like season eight. I think there's a few people that like it. That's the Robert California season. I'm yeah, not a some huge good fan of it. Season nine was fine. It was just kind of a send off. Wrap everything up. I yeah. agree. When they knew that Michael Scott wasn't renewing his contract, they should have just wrapped up everyone's storylines with season seven because it's so strong. Michael's yeah. send off, like it's a perfect arc. He mm-hmm. walks away from the office. He he leaves the party. He's not a, he's not there to be the center of attention. He goes off on his own terms. Nice goodbyes with all the characters. The Jim and Pam goodbye are very heartbreaking and sad, but also very beautiful. Yeah. And the show was just never going to be able to compete with that. And they all knew it. They all had, you know, this was all their careers. He was going off to bigger and bigger and better things. Mm-hmm. But, um, of course, I think it was the right call that he made. And uh, he came back for the finale, obviously, and that was fine. Yeah. Um, but he was a movie star on a TV show. And a lot of people talk about that. Like, I, I know there's a lot of bi- there was a big shakeup with the writers, too. Like, Greg Daniels left the show with Michael Scher to do Parks and Rec after season four. So mm-hmm. there was already, like, shuffling around writers and stuff that whole time. But, I mean, th- they say that. Like, they were just blessed that Steve Carell stayed for seven seasons because he had every reason to leave after but, yeah. whatever many seasons. But he stuck out his original contract and still did movies. And continued to do a lot of movies. Was nominated for an Oscar. And um, to this day, he's, he's, he just did another TV show on Hulu or whatever. And FX, um, I think it was FX. Uh, FX, thank yeah, you. Yeah. Uh, the Big Short, Vice, Beautiful Boy. Like, incredible career. And yeah. like I was saying at the beginning of the show, he just seems like such a humble guy who never let fame go to his head. He was old. He was mature. He worked his way he was a struggling actor probably for a while. He did the correspondence thing with um, John Stewart and uh, what's his name? Uh, Stephen Colbert. Yeah, Stephen Colbert. Yeah. So it shows, I think, for sure. And um, so I guess I don't even know. So we talked about Dan in real life. Um, 
do you have outside of the office do you have a favorite performance a i know we already kind of talked about Foxcatcher, but yeah. is there a movie or two or a performance that stands out for you for steve carell um actually the one that stands out is the one that i watched recently which was uh last flag flying oh um, you watched it good 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 i did watch it because i know i know you and and hiles talked about it on your richard linklater episode yep. yeah it was uh, his first time watching it yeah and it wasn't it was it was pretty good uh like the movie kind of i mean i'll be honest the movie kind of dragged in some moments but it was a performance-based movie i think and uh steve carell's performance in it is pretty great um i would say i felt the way that he was feeling uh you know whenever he was you know sad i kind of was able to empathize with him when he was you know the moment where he sees his son's coffin and he insists on seeing his son's body like that was like a yeah. really 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 intense it's scene. a heavy movie it is and i you know kudos to him that was oh it was so good it was something that i wasn't expecting either like i just put it on and i was like all right let's just watch it because i hadn't seen it and yeah it was it was it was great it was really really great that's probably like a st- i wouldn't say oh, like you that doesn't really answer your question as to what my favorite performance is. <laughs> well, quickly, um, while we're on last play flying, I just wanted to bring up an interesting point. Like, it, it, there again, tiny bits of Michael Scott for sure in some scenes, but for the most yeah. part, you have Brian Cranston and Steve Carell basically doing the opposite of Walter White and Michael Scott. Yeah, Brian Cranston's the crazy, wacky friend who is a loose cannon and says what's on his mind, mm-hmm. and Steve Carell is very reserved very quiet very passive takes a while for him to open up and talk more and more there's one scene in the train i think when he finally lets loose and they're laughing about a boner or something they're they're reminiscing about some story about a penis or i forget what it is but he just breaks down and starts laughing yeah beautiful scene but i just i thought that was interesting these two actors who were iconic tv uh had had iconic tv characters in walter white and michael scott and they do this really good movie that wasn't very popular and they're playing the opposite i just think that's a really cool element too i love that movie i i I, that's my favorite richard linklater movie and hiles's favorite is that baseball movie i'm drawing a blank on the name Uh, everybody wants some oh yeah whatever it's called so that was the deal for doing that episode we each had to watch each other's favorite richard linklater movie (laughs) i mean he uh, yeah uh, richard link link later sorry is is a little uh, hit or miss for me i mean yeah. you know school of rock is everybody's favorite i think even if they don't know if it's a <laughs> richard link later movie <laughs> it's um but yeah there's there's just tons of performances that i i really liked i mean i liked him in little miss sunshine of course last flag flying was great like even moments even in in moments like the big short which is like that was one of my favorite movies that year yeah um I've always had this like soft spot for Adam McKay. I think he's, he's a great, he's a great writer. And I think he's, I think he does a really good job of commentary um, or yep. just commentary films. And that's kind of what he does. Yeah. Um, Don't look up as a little on the nose, but I think that was on purpose. Oh, um, of course. You have, you have films like the big short, which is pretty much just a, a, a warning film about, Hey, you probably shouldn't let, big banks do this kind of stuff and we're yeah. kind of letting them do it again uh it's it's pretty it's pretty great but like steve carell doesn't really play a comedic role in that no movie he's there's moments that will make you laugh 
when like the first scene that he's in and he's sitting down in that therapy session and he's like in he kind of hijacks the session from some other guy that scene is is it makes there's parts that make you laugh because he's being you know he's being super blunt but he's playing it completely straight yeah which is very very impressive um and just kind of shows the type of chops that steve carell has and um that was a film that i was actually very pleasantly surprised at steve carell's performance i kind of knew going in there that it was going to be more serious but like the moment he has when he breaks down in front of marissa tomei because of his brother like yeah you know that Very that good. moment is pretty is is pretty unforgettable um one film we haven't talked about yet is crazy stupid love and that is one of my that is like uh, that that movie for me at that specific time was perfection uh i'm a big fan of ryan gosling uh as am i yeah big fan of him uh and steve carell so at that and julianne that, moore and yeah. kevin bacon and emma stone just a killer cast just it's, <laughs> marissa tomei it's phenomenal the yeah. it came out in 2011 yep uh and it came out right before or right after drive i saw drive first yeah and then loved it of course and then uh, Ryan Gosling decided to show up in a, a Steve Carell rom-com and I was like this movie is going to be perfect and it was it's yeah. it's so good so funny like that's a that's the comedy that is like you know Michael Scott is through and through in that movie Very quite a much bit so. um but in a beautiful way do you like, remember my romantic comedy episode do you remember what my number one was no but I, I all I remember from that episode is how the how you couldn't remember Ruby Sparks I ne- I had never seen it at that point. I have seen it since. You made me. <laughs> you 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 had, you were like, oh, this one movie with. Uh, no, it was Amber. Uh, Amber couldn't oh, remember. It was Amber she... couldn't yeah. remember. And then I was like screaming in my car. I was like, Ruby Sparks. It's Ruby yeah. Sparks. It's Ruby Sparks. Because I was. That's like one of my favorite rom coms. I yeah. can't remember. What's your favorite? But my rom-com? my number one Jeremy was crazy, Stu- crazy stupid love. Oh, is it? Yeah. Oh, okay. I absolutely love the movie. Jamie and I watched it last night. So it's good. It, it's it's insanely quotable. Mm-hmm. It's funny. It's heartfelt. You, you you as a man, you question your sexuality for a little bit when you oh. see Ryan Gosling on screen. Tell He's never looked it. better. Nope. And his arc. I mean, I love Steve Carell in it, but I love Ryan Gosling's arc in it. Oh yeah, and it's great. It's it's simple, but it's great. There's and this my favorite aspect of there's a lot. Like I love when he says to her, um, can you ask me something personal about myself? Because you mm. see so much this is gonna turn into a Ryan Gosling episode. <laughs> but you 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 see so much pain in this guy and he just wants to open up. He just wants to talk. He want, he's he's this womanizer, playing yeah. all these games, doing following these blue, following this blueprint to get a woman in bed and then and then leave her. And then yeah. in this moment, he, he just, he wants to talk about something personal, but there's a great moment in that montage of them on bed when he asked about, she asked about his mom. He talks about his mom and then he talks about his dad briefly. And earlier in the movie, Steve Carell asks, asks Ryan Gosling, why, why, um, you want to help me? And he says, you remind me of someone. Yeah. And it's and his like, dad. Oh yeah, absolutely. It's his yeah. dad. And it's just, yeah. it, the, the movie is so well written and w- weaving everything in together. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, their relationship is great. Steve Carell, it's perfect. I think he filmed this between season six and seven of The Office, and then it was released after he left The Office. Yeah. Uh, so it was right near the end of that. But he is just perfect in 
the awkward comedy again poking fun what what they're doing this whole game getting into bed with women and all that like it's fun at the beginning it's a little montage he teaches him how to how to talk to women all this stuff and then yeah. what he does is it's not the best he he uses lines whatever all this stuff say what you want about it but at the end of the day there is something to learn through it and it's funny that they have a scene where he literally says you ever seen the karate kid when mr miyagi teaches yeah. him how to He's teaching him how to wax on, wax up. He's actually teaching him how to fight, and then he's yeah. like, "Well, you want me to? You want me to fight somebody?" But <laughs> yeah, he, he's actually teaching Steve Carell to be more confident, yeah, and to exactly put himself it. out there and dress better and be more, you know, affectionate and 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 be more of a man for his wife because that's mm-hmm. part of the reason why they're related. I mean, she cheated, obviously. She crossed the line for sure, but yeah. obviously they were in the middle of a of some sort of dry spell of their relationship and he and he he admits it in the movie he got lazy mm-hmm. he should have fought for her and all this stuff so the, the the movie's perfectly in the gray area where it's like people are doing wrong like shady weird kind of objectifying women all that is, is all there but it all serves a purpose because everyone's a better person at the end of the movie and that's why i think it's beautiful everyone yeah. is in a better spot and i think they're going to get back together the last shot kind of leaves it open-ended but just yeah. a remarkable movie. Yeah, the the moment uh, in the bar. Well, the the uh, most scenes that Steve Carell and Ryan Gosling interact with each other is pretty perfect. Uh, yeah. Like when Steve Carell has he keeps drinking out of the straw. Yeah. And then <laughs> Ryan Gosling's like, "Can you take that out of your mouth, please, while I'm talking to you?" Like it, it just it looks like you're sucking on a tiny schmatz. My. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then Steve Carell's like, no one's thinking that. And then he, <laughs> he takes another sip. It's just a great one. And then <laughs> it's like people are staring at you. And he just immediately takes the drink away. Like Steve, Steve Carell just moves the drink away from his mouth. Yeah. It's a great scene. Um, the part where uh, uh, pretty much Ryan, Go- Ryan, Ryan Gosling gets a lot of laughs for me there. Yeah. Um, but the moment where... Uh, just yeah it's just a perfect movie I, could... I i love when they go up to the first woman i laughed again last night watching it. i guess every time when he ryan gosling starts talking to the girl and he high fives her and then steve Carell, i'm gal, I'm gal. <laughs> yeah and then the same beat he, he ryan gosling leaves and he's like don't don't say it or whatever he says something and then steve Carell, no no i would never touch you i've never touched you yeah yeah yeah, it's so good. And he's yeah. like, uh, Cal Weaver, no relation to Dennis Weaver. Yeah. Is that? Uh, McCloud is a TV <laughs> show in the 70s. I love when he's trying on clothes and he co- and she's like, would you sleep with him? And she's like, yeah. He's like, what? What are you even <laughs> yeah. saying? Yeah. It's, uh, it's like, that, then, that well, might the, it, yeah. the moment where I DM'd you, I, cr- I crossed the streams a little bit because I thought that that's what Mike. That's what Steve Carell says in that screenshot you sent me. A forty-year-old virgin. Oh, that no, that yeah, that was me. Yeah, but yeah, but yeah he's like, that was uh, that. This is gonna sound mean. This no, this is gonna be. This is gonna be. Uh, oh yeah, he says that was mean, and then <laughs> Ryan Gosling's like, no, this is, and then yeah. he, he's like, you lost sight of who you are as a man, as a husband, and probably as a lover. Yeah, you go. You're right. That's meaner. Like that, <laughs> that 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 moment gets me too. Like it's very quotable. Like you said, we could quote it the all night. Yeah, but 
Um, and that's the thing. It's a very funny movie, but it has a good message. It's got good characters, and I like romantic comedies. And I, I probably said this in the episode, but beyond the meet cute two characters, strangers fall in love, will they, won't they, they end up together. Those are great, but there's a bunch of those out there. Mm-hmm. This is literally, I mean, there's a little bit of that with Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone, but it's mainly about Steve Carell trying to make things right with Julianne Moore. And, yeah. and their chemistry is great. The chemistry in this movie is remarkable. Even Kevin mm-hmm. Bacon, he only has got like, he has like five scenes he's great. in it. And he's awesome. David Linhagen, everyone loves him. I love the whole scene when they all, all the men fight. Oh. He's brilliant. It's so good. The yeah. you know David Lindhagen cuckolded me. He made yeah. a cuckold out of me. Like that scene's really good too. The 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 and it's an ensemble cast, and you can't always pull that off. Yeah. Most ensemble cast films kind of fall on their face because they don't know what to do with the cast members. Um, but this movie does it really well, and I think that Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone just have that natural chemistry that mm-hmm. it, it works for them really really well. I mean, La La Land, perfect example. Yeah. But, like, you're right. Like, the chemistry between everybody, Steve Carell, Ryan Gosling, like, everybody is, is, is phenomenal. And I didn't see that twist coming. Yeah, it was very well done. And they, and, and then it's a good script because they explain it. Like, it's like mm-hmm. anyone could poke fun in that and say that's ridiculous. But, no, that that's what they set up in this house. This is what they call her because mm-hmm. of what happened when she was a kid. Families do that. If you have a nickname for someone, you're going to call them yeah. that. And it works. Nana. Yeah. And, and the thing is, is that, like, they explain it so yeah, it's just written really well because they kind of set it up without you knowing they've set it yeah. up. Because they go, you know, Steve Carell says kind of in passing that him and Julianne Moore had to get married. They got married really yeah. young, and we don't know why until that scene with Emma Stone happens. Yeah. Uh, spoilers. Yes. Um, two movies. I, I just just in case because I don't want to forget. I don't know if you watched them or not. I don't remember. Um, uh, the Way Way Back and Beautiful Boy. Okay, so I watched one of them. Okay, which one did can, you watch? Can you guess? The Way Way Back. Yes. Okay. My recommendation for you, whenever you get the chance, it's on Prime. Check out Beautiful Boy. Mm. Timothy Shyamalan. I, I can't pronounce his last name. Chalamet. Chalamet. <laughs> Sh- Sh- uh, Calumet? Cal- it's Calumet. <laughs> Timothy Calumet. I don't know. Anyways. No. I don't even know. I've... Gre- I, it was one or the other, and I chose The Way Way Back. That's fine. We'll talk about yeah. The Way Back. Just If you get a chance, check out Beautiful Boy. Steve Carell gives an unbelievable performance. Same with and Amy Ryan. Th- so does Timothy as well. And yeah. Sorry, what? Amy Ryan's in that, isn't that? Isn't ex-wife. That ex-wife, yeah. Uh, yeah. Anyways, The Way Way Back. The <laughs> total Brennan Hiles film. What did you think? <laughs> I, you just complimented Brendan, I would yeah. say. Do you not get a Brennan Hiles feel from that movie? I kind of did. Yeah. I kind of did. I, I actually watched it uh, a couple nights ago, and I had never seen it. So yeah. for me, that was that was great. It was a great movie. I had a, I had a, actually a really great time watching it. It kind of gave me the same feeling Dan in real life did. Um, and holy crap. Like, when did that movie come out? 20... 2013, I think. 2013. So he was long gone from the office at that point, a couple of years. Yeah. And whole like steve crow is just so unlikable yeah in that movie like plays oh and he plays God. it so well because you want to like yeah. yeah yeah no a hundred percent he does such a great job yeah. and like i hated him yeah. i hated him i was like wow this guy's a the opening dick. scene the opening scene you do not like him he tells the kid he's a, a three a i three. think a three. a three yeah 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 uh he the kid says he's a six 
Yeah. And then Steve Carell's and like, already a low three. score. You have this yeah. kid that thinks he's a six on a ten scale, mm-hmm. and you go three lower. <laughs> like, see, I, I see that as somebody who has a good head on their shoulders because I consider myself a six. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if we're gonna talk about looks uh, yeah. and rating, <laughs> I would give myself a six. Uh, but that's the thing is that like Karina would probably give me a higher rating. I'd give you a higher rating. That, exactly. that I, I agree with you. Him but giving I, that number is totally fine. But yeah, that's your it, opportunity as a potential father figure to bump him up a little bit that's and say you're not you're, you're more like an eight, my man. Yeah, like come on, man, pick yourself up. But he lowers right. him. He lowers yeah. him. Even, he goes even lower. It's like, well, because that's you're absolutely right. In in the natural, uh, how things go naturally is yeah, that's what would happen. Yeah. Is that I say I'm a six but how you would say that I'm an eight yeah. or a nine and that's how that works. But mm-hmm. it just kind of flips it on its head. Cause I remember seeing that and I was like, yeah. Oh, I'm not going to like him. No, and, and, then, and he, no forgiveness at all. No, and I love no. like Sam. I love Sam Rockwell. He's so good. And phenomenal. Oh, yeah. I love that man. Yeah, but so I love when he stands in between the kid and Steve Carell at the very end, like yeah. the father, the, the better version of a father figure. he, Sam Rockwell, like he, do, I mean, he's got an Oscar now. He yeah. he doesn't do a lot. He's not in everything, but every time I see him on screen, he is incredibly likable. It seems like he, I don't know how much he follows the script. I don't know how much you know about things he's been in, but no, I don't. He if he's following a script a hundred percent, he's so grounded and just authentic because it seems like he's riffing every time he's on screen. And I think that and it's natural. Uh, well, I feel like he kind of makes the dialogue his own and i feel like he works with people that would allow him to do that yeah um because no one's that good of a writer i'll be completely honest yeah like no like like you can have a brilliant writer and like with a rich text and you get the like for example like uh little women actually has some pretty good Mm -hmm. uh pretty good dialogue in it but it's you know the director was probably like no 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 you stick to the script Right. Sam Rockwell, like, he's at a water park. Just let him go. Yeah, just let him go. Or, like, give him a rough idea and he can play. And Because right? I feel uh, like yeah. he's that type of actor. He likes to play, which is great because that's the, that's the main thing you want in an actor is to have, you know, they want to play. They want to have fun. And, again, talk about cast. Tony Collette, Steve Carell, yeah. Sam mm-hmm. Rockwell, Allison Janney. So good. Like Another great cast. Yeah. And so I'm glad, I'm glad you watched it. What did I say? Sophia Rob. Yeah. She's great in it too. Yeah. A little little cute little. I don't know the kid's name. Cute little love story. Yeah. Oh, and uh, uh, Maya Rudolph. Maya Maya Rudolph. Maya, I think. Yeah. Their little storyline's great too. But Sam Rockwell, again, he kind of pulls on, like not Michael Scott, but kind of the comedic, you know, Mm -hmm. guy who doesn't take anything seriously. doesn't take his job seriously. But he has some really profound things to say to the kid. I love the whole Pac-Man metaphor. (laughs) <laughs> where choo, choo, you know you're one of those pattern guys no you got to make your own way and he says it at the beginning of the movie <laughs> yeah. then he says it at the end and yeah. you can tell that he had a bad relationship with his dad he's like that's why i don't follow patterns and stuff like you got to make it your own you got to go your own way kid i yeah. love it i love yeah. I, I love the way way back it's so good the i yeah i had a good, a good solid recommendation i yeah. had a i had a good time watching it like i said it made me feel like dan in real life so when i finished the movie i, I was like okay this is good yeah this was great. This Steve Crow's awesome. Is a good movie. Oh yeah, no. He, he, even though he was a massive prick, 
he's still very very good in it and i, I just meant in general but yeah he's he's great in this too <laughs> yes he's he's very good um but yeah like a huge departure from what he normally does yes right like if we're talking like as like you know early as 40 year old virgin or even anchorman right um can just if you watch 40 year old virgin and then you watch the way way back it's like yeah polar opposites and it's it just kind of shows his range what do you prefer now i know a lot of his roles kind of balance in both but Mm -hmm. just in regards to just black and white dramatic comedic what do you prefer with steve carell because i like him in everything Um, so do i so do i yeah i think he does good in everything Mm. i'd actually say i love i like to see him do drama I feel like comedy can be challenging um, because you watch like 40 year old virgin, you watch anchorman, those films. Nah, I mean, anchorman may be more than 40 year old virgin uh, when it comes to which one has aged. Well, 40 uh, year old virgin, not so much. There's a lot of stuff in that, in that movie that can, but would not fly today. And, but, and I would say there's more of that in, 40 year old virgin than anchorman because anchorman yep. it's just stupid like it's just stupid humor yeah um but there's a nostalgia part of it that makes me laugh and same with you could argue that with 40 year old virgin too um but uh like you have films that he's done like burt wonderstone that didn't do very well or even uh, evan almighty right yep. uh and i feel like because comedy is i mean art and film is subjective but I feel like he's done more, uh, like when it comes to dramas, there's more, um, more success with him with yeah. the drama than the comedy. Because I mean, most of the comedies that he have, has been in have been very successful, but when it comes to just performance wise, I like to see him in in dramatic roles or like, you know, uh, Little Miss Sunshine and the Way Way Back kind of dramedy territory Mm -hmm. is 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 nice uh if there's like a little mix of both that's his wheelhouse for sure yeah dan in real life is i think is like yeah it's it's dan in real life is probably where he got to kind of show both sides and he started getting comfortable yes right um but yeah even if, if if we go back to the office he still has very he still has dramatic moments in the office where you feel bad for him right and yeah there's there's moments where he's like crying and upset like Oh, once like, he meets Holly, like he oh, he yeah. becomes very vulnerable in it. Yeah, yeah, and I think that, uh, yeah, I think yeah. Just to that's a long winded answer, but I would say <laughs> I probably want him in in dramas more than comedies. But I like him in both. He just does he just does a great job. Yeah, it, the easy answer obviously is a balance of both for sure. Like, yeah. And the nice thing about Dan in real life is it's his character that's leaning more into the drama. The rest of the family's having a great old time and having fun. Like Dane Cook is not <laughs> yeah. super serious till the end. All like the, the brother mm-hmm. and the sister and, and the parents, they're all comedy for most of the movie. It's him that's bringing the drama to it because of the situation he's in and he plays it so well. But then yeah. like there's just stupid little shit like he gets put in the bedroom with the laundry machine. And like <laughs> yeah. everything and he and he kidnaps the kids by mistake. Oh. So like a total Michael Scott thing. He doesn't even think about it. And then when he comes back, sorry, sorry, yep. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. <laughs> yeah. Like it's I wasn't so, thinking. it's so good. And then you have the touching moments where like he ends up in the shower with her mm-hmm. and, and then it gets played for laughs and he, and he kind of breaks the ice. He puts a towel over his head and, and then they're having fun with it. But, and then he crawls uh, out the window. 
Yeah, like it, yeah. it's it's a brilliant movie. So that that's my biggest recommendation out of this. The way way back, obviously, like there's a lot of like again, he just made so many good decisions. Mm-hmm. Uh, Last flag flying it wasn't a huge movie. Um, the patient, which I mentioned at the beginning, Jamie and I didn't love it. It was a little slow, but he was great in it. Yeah. Um, what uh, kind of we're kind of at the end here. Uh, mm-hmm. In regards to the office, we already talked about I, I, just for the office people listening. Um, I know we had talked about the gay, gay witch hunt. Are there any other episodes that stand up for you that are like some of my favorite office episodes uh, or safe- Michael Scott moments, either or Doesn't uh, matter. safety training is one of my favorite yes. episodes, which is also in uh, season, uh, season, uh, season three. Pardon me. I actually quoted it today. I, <laughs> <laughs> somebody was talking about the, the, the trash compactor behind, behind where I work and, Someone said Baylor, and I was like, Baylor, I hardly know her. Yeah. And, like, <laughs> like I, I say that all the time. Uh, Dwight, you ignorant slut. Uh, that's a great line, uh, which I believe is originally from SNL. Mm. Um, the ignorant slut. I'm not sure where it's from, but that's where, that's where Michael Scott got it from. Um, the part when he drops the, he drops the uh, watermelon on the trampoline. And he goes, bingo! And then it it flies off the trampoline, and he goes, whoa, whoa, whoa! And it just smashes all over Stanley's car. Yeah. And then he looks over at Dwight and goes, contact the offices of uh, P.L. Beanie to see if he handles hate crimes. Like that. (laughs) (laughs) It's it's golden. Uh, That's probably my favorite episode. Uh, Like, that's my uncaught. Like, the stress relief one is, like, that's a good one, because there's so many good moments in that. My favorite moment in that episode is not even Michael though. It's when Creed when they're doing the 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 safety thing on the mannequin, and Creed. Oh my god, that scene is goes, so oh, good. Oh, you're from the parking lot earlier. That's how I know you. That gets me every time. Uh, but oh, when Michael's doing the pumps on yeah. the mannequin and, and they start he, dancing, <laughs> you need to sing. You need to sing uh, "Staying Alive" by the Bee Gees, and then Michael goes, first I was afraid, I was petrified." <laughs> And I love uh, that they all start. He eventually gets up and he's dancing, and, and then yeah, uh, Kelly Andy gets up and dances. It. Yeah, so good. yeah. There's, yeah. There. I'm just trying to think of my. Uh, Phyllis's wedding is also really good. Michael's just such an asshole. Yeah. Um, Mike and uh, sorry, uh, Jim and Pam's wedding's really good. Um. Favorite Michael Scott moment though. Well, while you're thinking about that, how were you? Because you watched it live when his last episode, right? Oh, I did. How was I that did. whole experience? I was mad. You were mad because <laughs> okay. I wanted more Michael Scott. Yeah. But I look back on it and I go, "Okay, I get it. Like you've you've the rest of the characters in this show have had two seasons to do some arcs and yep, all that stuff. And putting a focus on Michael was probably not a good idea because then they were like, that's not fair and I think Steve Carell as the character too would be like, you know, as the actor and as the person would, wouldn't be down for it if it was all about him. Yeah. Um, yeah. Like the moment where he says, uh, it's like all my, uh, kids got, uh, married, married each other. Oh, sorry. I thought you meant, I I meant Michael's uh, season seven. Oh, sorry. I thought you meant like his return in the. No, no, no. Well, yeah, that sorry. too. Yeah, yeah. I agree um, with everything you said Michael's, for sure, 100%. But Michael's yeah, his his farewell. Episode. Michael's goodbye. Oh, I loved it. Yeah. I think it's 
<laughs> complete opposite of what I said before. Okay. Um, I, I thought, <laughs> uh, I thought it was, I thought it was very, very well done. And, and it makes me tear up when Michael finally gets his, you know, he finds his love and he's happy. And yeah. it's just because, you know, you, you root for him, especially when it comes to the, the love life, especially with Holly, because you watch, uh, season I think it's season six or five when he's doing the lecture circuit with Pam and he goes to Nashua and and she's not there yeah and she's not there and he just you know you, you, you your heart your heart breaks for him and yeah. and I I find that um you know he finally gets Holly and everything's happy and I feel like they did a, a great send off yeah I was a little upset that he was leaving the show but I understood even at that time that he was leaving um but yeah I thought I thought it was great. Was it a big deal too, like the build up to the final? Like, was it all about Steve Carell leaving the office, leaving the office? Was that how they were promoting it and stuff on TV? Yeah, yeah, because they're they're always gonna do that to get views. Yeah, right. But for me, it was more of a. Uh, I knew it was. I I didn't really know it was coming, right? Um, be and and you know when it did, I was like. I was I was kind of you know it was almost like bittersweet. Um, because you build such an attachment to these, these characters, yeah. right. That when stuff like that happens, it's kind of like, oh, all right. I guess he's better. He's going off like as a, as a person, he's off to bigger and better things. Um, but it's sad to see his character go, mm-hmm. but you know, um, yeah. Yeah. I thought they handled it. Like, again, I, I was binging it when I watched it the first time. I'm not there now, mm-hmm. but like the first time yeah. I watched it. And it was, it, it was extremely emotional. Like I thought they, when you, when all the laughing is done and all the making fun of Michael Scott and he's, he's ignorant, he's, he's ill-informed. He has no, like he, he's in so many ways, a really bad person. He's really mean. And he mm-hmm. says cringy things all the time. But when push comes to shove, how emotional, like Jim's moment with him, best boss yeah. I ever had, like it's, it's amazing how hard it hit. And I, again, I'm not even a huge office fan. I can only imagine diehard office fans watching that, but I'm like, this is sad. Like it's, it's actually <laughs> yeah. really sad. Yeah. That they like pulled said, this I, off. I tear up at, at every viewing. I don't uh, watch the gym a lot. scene at the gym scene. Yeah. Yeah. Very, Cause you know, that's, heartfelt. you know, that Steve Carell crying. Oh yeah. Like, yeah. and also, and the, another thing too, is when that whole, that whole section of when they're singing that song from rent. Oh yeah. Well. Yeah. It's so good like those are real tears and you know it's real tears yeah right he's not acting he's feeling these emotions and yeah it's it's very touching to watch mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i told yeah so and again back to season nine when he comes back you said you were mad were you mad that the show was ending or that you didn't like the finale of the office no initially i was mad because michael wasn't in it a lot Oh, I see. Okay. And yeah, now you're so happy was, that it was just Yeah, a small because amount. I stopped watching it when it was live after Michael left. I watched it a couple of episodes of season seven, and then I was like, I'm not – or sorry, yeah. season, season eight. And I was like, I'm not into it. And then uh, when season – I didn't watch it. And then when season nine, the finale, this like the series finale came on, I was like, oh, yeah, there's all that rumor that Michael Scott's coming back. And yeah. m- me and my mom and my brother like planned, planned an evening – yeah for it like we we i came i was living with my dad so i drove uh, me and my brother drove back to my mom's house and we we watched it and we were just waiting for the moment where steve Carell comes back and when um you know dwight looks around he looks back and he goes you yeah. came and then 
uh, Michael goes, that's what she said. Like, yeah. it's such a good moment. I was so happy. And then they barely show him. Yeah. He has, like, one scene after that, and then he's gone. And then I was like, ugh, I wanted more Michael. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, like I mentioned earlier, I, you know, I grew up. And I was like, okay, I get it. Yeah, of <laughs> Like, course. I understand. I understand why they didn't have you know him in the entire episode because you didn't want him to over he already had his send off yeah 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 so i i looking back you know hindsight i i do enjoy that episode but when i first watched it i was pretty disappointed because there wasn't enough michael Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. at the beginning of the episode we talked a little bit about actors and breaking out of characters and all that stuff i was gonna ask you do you believe that steve carell was successfully that he was able to successfully separate himself from Michael Scott. But we talked a little bit about the begin at the beginning about maybe actors don't have to do that. And they put a little bit of themselves in every role. So mm-hmm. I don't really know if I can ask you that question the same way, but yeah. did, I guess maybe did Steve Carell have to separate himself from Michael Scott? Maybe that's a better way of asking it. He, actually, I would probably say yes. Okay. I, f- I feel like, I feel like, because, you know, I don't know the guy, right? I, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, I, um, I wish I thought I did. you did. Let's cut this whole episode. I thought you were friends with him. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I thought you were friends with him. Uh, yeah. No, I was, uh, I, I, I just am a big fan, and I feel like uh, he, he makes these decisions, um, but he puts a lot of thought into them. Yeah. Right? Like, I feel like he, him and his, his team, and even his wife uh, may have had this discussion about, you know, what, when is the right time to leave Michael and move on to bigger things. But I honestly think he did it right, like I said in the beginning of the episode, because he did it in small increments. Like, he yeah. didn't he didn't do, like, a massive film like Foxcatcher um, to, to move into more serious roles. He started small and then worked his way up, which yeah. I think is the right way to do it, because not everybody is seeing little miss sunshine right it's not a blockbuster film by any means um you know it's an indie kinda uh it's got some pretty serious names in it but it's very grounded and it's you know uh you know one of those uh you know what i can't think of the word right now but you know festival film (laughs) no i was thinking of like the type of film yeah yeah, no i know i was was making a joke um and to the uh so I feel like he did it right, and then eventual, eventually he had done Little Miss Sunshine and then a couple of dramatic roles here and yeah. there and then jumped into Foxcatcher and then just blew everybody away because mm-hmm. he was comfortable, right? Yeah. Like he probably looked at Little Miss Sunshine and because he did the way, way back before Big Short, yes. Uh, yeah. Or sorry, Foxcatcher. Um, and he you know, was like, okay, I've done these films. I've gotten good reception that you know in these dramatic roles. Now I can, I'm probably comfortable Mm-hmm. moving into something big that is all assumption like i said i don't know the guy uh <laughs> i like I, I wish i did i wish him and i were best friends but we're yeah. not so so you do? don't so again i'm just i like picking your brain and i mm-hmm. liked what you said at the beginning so it it's okay that steve carell and the rest of his career brings a little bit of michael scott as an actor yeah. yourself and all yeah. your experience and knowledge it's okay mm. for actors to have a little bit of that. With they don't have to completely break like a Daniel Day Lewis that literally has an individual performance in everything he does. Yeah, like not I every feel- act, not every actor has to be Christian Bale or Daniel Day Lewis. Like you can, 
you can be a really good actor and have specific traits that you bring from each character or each yeah. character you play. Does that make yeah. sense? Did I say that right? Yeah. No, that's a hundred percent true because okay. um, Steve Carell is also, and you see, you hear this in interviews that he's very like with his castmates, he's very generous mm-hmm. with, with what he does. And that is something that I love. And it's something that I try and do whenever I'm, you know, acting is yeah. I try and be generous to the, my, my scene partner and I try and give them as much as I possibly can. And even in some cases, let them have the punchline. Mm-hmm. Right. And when Steve, uh, when Steve Crow was in, I think, yeah, when he was in second city, that's what he was known for. Like he, he was the, he was the one that would set everything up. Yeah. From, uh, if I remember that correctly, I was, I think it was, I saw, I listened to that on a podcast he was on where he, or no, somebody else was talking about, I think it was maybe Stephen Colbert uh, because they had, they were together at second city. Yeah. And, um, he said that, oh, like Steve Corral was all about setting people up and having other people be the punchline. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, but he was so good at setting people up that, you know, he's very, very generous. And that's the kind of acting and performance that all actors should do. Because my opinion on method acting where, you know, the people, you know, it's very, in my opinion, it's very selfish because you're not focusing on your scene partner. You're more focused on yourself and you're yeah. focused on. And that's not what I learned when I was studying. Uh, it was more of uh, the Meisner theory, which I've mentioned before, which is um, following your impulses and um, essentially scene work with a scene partner, mm-hmm. right? You know, um, and I feel like Steve Carell does a really good job from what I've heard uh, when he is acting, you know, when he has a scene partner that he's very, very generous. And that's the best type of acting ever. It's, it's just, and that's how you build chemistry with your castmates is being really generous with them. And if you look at his career with a lot of the films that he was in, we've talked about ensemble cast and all that stuff. It Mm -hmm. seems to, to hold true that he, and the office as well. Everyone raves about him on, on the office, like just his work, work ethic and stuff. And it Mm -hmm. shows the office is a perfect example of selfless acting where other people are setting each other up and it's oh, interesting yeah. that he has the background he has because I think it just set him up for success to be this selfless actor that maybe wouldn't have hit it big. Maybe the 40 Virgin never happened and, and whatever, but I just think it, you have this humble, selfless actor that, you know, Second City, um, the I forget, but what's the thing he did with Steve Carell or Stephen Colbert? Like the, He was a correspondent the, on that. The Daily, the Daily Show, Show, I think. Daily Show, yeah. 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 I think he was just built for this and then when all all this fame came to him he was set up perfectly for and that's why he continued the office continued to be a success in all these movies that he's a Mm -hmm. part of whether he's producing or not they're just really good actors that are selfless and it's all about the the film the ultimate goal it's not selfish it's not this performance and then you have a fox catcher where he is a little bit of a standout i think mark ruffalo is great in it as well too but um it totally translates if you look at his whole filmography which leads to the final portion of this episode cam Mm -hmm. i need you to share your top five favorite films of steve carell not best favorite your personal favorite uh like my top five you said yeah okay so number five is going to be fox catcher um that's my number five okay um number four is the big short okay number three is dan in real life okay Number two is 40-Year-Old Virgin. Okay. Uh, and number one is Crazy Stupid Love. Okay, so we have two 
in the mm. exact same spot and three in total the same. Now, mine was tough <laughs> because I, I, I just give 40-year-old Virgin and Anchorman, I go back and forth with them. I just give them an honorable kind of sixth position. Uh, they just missed the top five, but I, I like them yeah. both for different reasons. Mm-hmm. Uh, but my number five is Last Flag Flying. It's my favorite Richard Linklater movie. Okay. I can get into the grim gloomy movie it is I, I like the story i do agree with you it, it could be trimmed a little bit but yeah. um i just love i love the performances from and again i'm a huge brian cranston fan as well so this mm. movie's actually gone up since i've fallen in love with steve Carell more because i went into that movie for brian cranston and then now that i know more about steve Carell, it, it just enhances it um nice so that's my number five my number four is the same as yours the big short saw it nice. in the theater loved it mm-hmm. me too uh, my number three is The Way, Way Back. Very, okay, yeah. very... I feel like I discovered this movie. When I saw it, I no one knew about it. I loved mm. it. Uh, yeah, my number it was, two is really... Dan in Real Life. And then mm. our number ones are the same. Crazy Stupid Love. Yeah, nice. Arguably a perfect... My, my Nothing is perfect. You can find mistakes in all, pretty much everything. For me, a perfect movie is a movie that if you made it again, you cannot make it any better. There's not mm-hmm. one thing you can do that movie to make it better. You cannot cast it better. You cannot no. shoot it better. You cannot write it better. That's mm-hmm. where like 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 a Jaws or all these groundbreaking movies. Again, there's mistakes in the movie, but you cannot make that movie any better. So to me, it's perfect. Yeah, I agree with that. Crazy Stupid Love that... is very well. And, and then the writer of Crazy Stupid Love went on to do This Is Us, one of the biggest shows of the last 10 years. So yeah. very, very good writer with mixing stories and and family and all this stuff very very good but again i left mm-hmm. off so like i like beautiful boy and um uh what else did i leave off there vice is fine i didn't mind vice i didn't love it it was okay um, i liked it great performances it but a, yeah i put it down as an honorable mention i saw it with hiles uh like most of the movies i see and yeah. <laughs> um he we kind of were like going off at a lot of scenes because we were just laughing yeah. uh, a lot, especially you know at Christian Bale when he's talking about making mac and cheese. Mm-hmm. Oh, like sorry. Before I wrap up, I sorry to cut you off. The Battle of the Sexes. I totally forgot. I watched that. Oh yeah, I watched that years ago. Yeah, and Emma I, Stone. You're I, a big Emma Stone fan, right? Yeah, and it was like, oh, I forgot. I've completely totally. About I it. totally drew a blank and then on it. When you sent me the thing that you know the text message with that on it i was like ah it's shit it i was like shit it's too late like i've already planned out my nights yeah i i I can't watch that one again but from what i remember it was pretty good very good performance a true story they followed this again it's it's a it's a true story it's loosely based on it but um yeah like again emma stone's great steve carell very different character again he's kind of this cocky 50 year old tennis player who challenges the uh who uh uh uh, Billy Jean King. Um, yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. I don't know. 100%. But, um, yeah, again, I totally forgot about that, and I wanted to throw that in there before I forget. But, um, yeah. Very, very, very good list. Is there anything else you want to say before we wrap up, Cam? Uh, no, man. Uh, this has been a great chat, as always. Uh, thank you so much for having me on. I love talking about, you know, this type of stuff, especially when it's a favorite. A performer of mine i can kind of talk about them all night really but no thanks adam this has been great thanks for having me again i'm setting you up don't screw this up okay prepping for this episode cam was extremely hard that's what she said <laughs> take care cam thanks for listening everyone
Thank you.